This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest is Emily Reese from ACS Technologies. They are the ones that put out the American Belief Study. Now, Religious Preferences and Practices is a groundbreaking research with over 45,000 participants. This decade-long time span and significant polling size sample have established the American Belief Study as a recognized leader in understanding American religious preferences and practices. That's a very long way, Emily, of saying that you guys kind of know what's going on in the minds of people who are going to Mass and who are not going to Mass and church services, right? Right. We've been studying these topics for more than a decade, and we've got three different data points. So we've done this study every four years. And the most recent time that the study was in the field was late 2020 and early 2021. Right after COVID. Correct. I saw a frightening stat recently that 27 million people have stopped practicing their faith in a 14-year period ending in 2021. Does your study go into why people are leaving at such huge numbers? We have a lot of information about why people are leaving the church and several reasons behind it, including things like people in the church don't behave the way Jesus would behave. Another would be that they find that they can't trust religious leaders. Another is that they are just not sure that they believe anymore. Go back to your, what you originally said. People don't behave the way that Jesus would behave. Can you go into a little more detail? What are we doing wrong? Yeah, I think that's a really key indictment, perhaps, on our behavior as Christians in the world, that people are looking at how we are treating others or the way we might be fighting, the way we might be having disagreements or being judgmental or other kinds of factors that are essentially turnoffs for people who are not currently part of the faith or people who are sort of nominal in their faith. Since 2011, somewhere around 15 million people have left Christianity altogether. Where are they going? Well, interestingly, Deacon Mike, the biggest group of people in terms of their religious preference, according to our study, are what we would refer to as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S. And so we believe that they're just departing faith for no faith at all. So they're becoming atheist. Yes. Not practicing any religion, not practicing any, participating in any faith community, just not connected in any way to their former faith or to any faith at all. Our next study release, we've got a series of reports that we've been releasing related to the American Belief Study. And so we've already released six. We have three more that will be coming out over the next few months. And the next one is all about those nuns, N-O-N-E-S, and why it is that they are not connected to faith, that they are growing in number. So let's put it in perspective for Catholic listeners. The people who have no faith, no religious connection or community are now higher in number than those who would claim to be part of the Roman Catholic faith. And that's even more pronounced when we talk about the millennial generation. How so? That as we look at the generational breakdown of people who claim that they have no religious affiliation, they are more likely to be a millennial 
than they would be to be part of the silent generation, boomer generation, or Gen X. I think one of the things people don't realize is when people stop going to mass and to church services, that has a trickle-down effect. And what ends up happening is your church closes, and then all of a sudden everybody gets upset and starts yelling at the diocese and at the different church organizations for closing. But it's not the church's fault when they have to shutter its doors. That's right. There's been a lot that would have gone on over the course of decades to get to a place where that would be the next course of action. I used to work for a retreat center up in New York, and everybody loved it. But unfortunately, most of our attendees were from churches. And when church attendance started dropping maybe 15, 20 years ago, that had a trickle-down effect. And actually, several retreat centers up in the Northeast have since permanently closed their doors. Can you talk about the fact that each year more and more people feel that attending church is not important? And a lot of the people that we encounter these days say, well, they have a spiritual life. They just don't believe really in the religion. Yes. What we're finding in the research that we've been doing is that more and more people are saying that they have no faith at all. And it's not that they have a bone to pick with Christianity or any other faith. It's just not relevant to their lives. And they also are busy with other things. Like what? What could be more important? Raising families, pursuing their careers. When we're looking specifically at those who claim no faith involvement, they simply have other priorities in their life that are more important to them. And they see no relevance of faith to what they're doing in their lives. One of the blessings as a deacon that I have every month or two is I get to baptize a whole bunch of babies. And during my little homily, during a baptism, I sometimes get some people that give me a look because what I say to them is, if your priority on a Sunday is putting your kid on a soccer field and not in the pew, you're failing as a parent. And it seems like more and more people, and maybe it's generational, but more and more people are making that decision to kind of see God out in the soccer field instead of in the pews. But that's not a genuine meeting of God. There is a lot of that. And with the advent of more and more online worshiping communities, that is also something that we're trying to track and monitor. That is one of the questions that we had put in the American Belief Study and looking at, well, what are some of the things that people are doing and how are they connecting, perhaps through technology, in ways that they would not have before? If you'll recall, we talked about the timing of the most recent survey, and that was kind of in the height of COVID. And so there were options made available for virtual attendance that made it possible for people to continue to connect but not in the same way that it would be to be in person, shoulder to shoulder with people, experiencing worship in a way that's more tangible and less involved with a screen. One of the things as Catholics that unfortunately too many people don't understand is we celebrate with the Eucharist every Sunday, and that is where the actual body and blood of Christ unites with us as we consume him in the Eucharist. That's something you can't possibly experience through a screen. Right. So key elements of faith and our expression of faith are 
challenged and changed in some very significant ways as we think about the implications of all of that. Does your organization ever study education of the participants? And the reason that I ask this is, in the case of the Catholic Church, if they truly knew about the Eucharist, they would never, ever consider leaving the Church. We are involved in asking questions about how people are being discipled and what kinds of things they're doing in their own faith formation and in within their churches. We also have categories within the study where we will talk about practicing Christians, nominal Christians, and nuns. So the N-O-N-E-S, No Faith Community, No Faith Involvement Group, and what their practices are and what are some of their beliefs. So yeah, we have looked at some of that. One of the advantages of the American Belief Study and how it gets transmitted into one of our key products at ACS Technologies is that we have looked at 45,000 responses over the course of more than a decade, and we can then, with accuracy, project into communities the types of responses and attitudes that would be predictive in that area. For example, if we are looking at areas of the country where there is more or less activity in terms of faith involvement, That's one thing that we can look at. And then we can hone in on some of the particular reasons for participation, non-participation, education, faith formation, and whether people are more apt to be practicing Christians or nominal Christians in certain areas of the country as well. We're talking with Emily Reese from ACS Technologies and the American Belief Study. Does ACS give solutions? The information that we are analyzing, enable us to provide some direction and to give some thoughts on how the information might be applied to given situations. So, for example, if we're looking at an area in which people say that traditional worship is something that is really important to them, then we would recommend some perhaps tweaks and changes to a worship experience that might bring more traditional liturgical elements in. There would also be benefit in listening to what are the things that people expect when they attend a church. Across the board, across the country, the number one thing that people have said that they expect from a church when they visit or if they were to visit, warm and friendly encounters. And so we try to unpack what that means. And in the South, for example, that might look very different from somewhere in the Northwest of the country. And so we continue to try to contextualize that information with additional questions and other information gleaned from those areas as well. For example, we have seen warm and friendly encounters be at the top of the list over the last decade. And in the most recent version of the study, we asked more specific questions to get at, well, what does that really mean? And so we put in a question in the most recent version that was about building relationships with people. And so that also showed up as one of the most important things that people are looking for. So if we put warm and friendly encounters side-by-side with build relationships with people, that gives us some very specific direction for how we might improve our ability to connect with people who might be guests or visitors. Religious people are often viewed in your survey as being too judgmental. Can you say how so? 
There's a lot of literature about Christians being perceived as judgmental. And so the information that we've received gives that same perspective. There's affirmation of that sort of attitude out among the general public. We did not ask specific questions about what Christians were being judgmental about, but there are additional questions within the survey that enable us to get some clues as to some of the things that might be in there. For example, one of the things that I really appreciated about this last survey was that across generations, the most important belief that people had about God is that God is love and invites people into a loving relationship. So if we can counteract the whole negative perception of Christians as being judgmental and lean into love, love of neighbor and love of God. I think that that helps us to overcome some of that attitude about judgmentalism. Money is often an issue as well, where churches need money to operate. Now, I have to share, though, I recently Mm -hmm. had to replace lamps in projectors in our church, and we need to do this every two years. That costs my church $3,200 for light bulbs. And I'm curious, are churchgoers aware of the mountain of expenses to operate a church? So when the church is asking for money, do they know where the money is going? I think that really depends on the denomination and the ways in which that information is shared. I think it goes back to your question, Deacon Mike, about education and how can we more effectively educate people about the needs of the church, the expenses that are related to it. Even our clergy, as much as people don't like to think about that, we do need to support them. They need a place to live. They need reasonable compensation for the work that they do. And I think it's important for us to be transparent about the expenses that the churches have so that people will understand it's important to give. One of the other things is that we often talk about money follows mission. And so if we're clear on our mission and our vision and the church's purpose, that also helps people to be more generous. It's really hard to think about, oh, gosh, I really want to buy those $3,200 light bulbs. But there is somebody out there for whom that's a high priority, and it's important to communicate the need. Can you tell us about the differences in how different generations view belief in Christianity and church attendance? and also describe what are the different generations. Sure. So in our study, we look at five generations, and because we had a low level of response under Generation Z, we collapsed the category of Millennial and Gen Z. So the definitions that we're looking at for those generations are the silent generation, and that's defined by Pew Research's parameters as 1928 to 1945, And then the boomer generation, the baby boom generation, 1946 to 1964. Gen X, 1965 to 1980. The millennial generation, 1991 to 1996. And Gen Z, 1997 to 2012. So with our 15,000 respondents on this study, As I mentioned before, Gen Z, we didn't have a large enough adult sample at that point in time where we would be able to really glean particular results from that generation. So we counted millennials and Gen Z together in this study for statistical purposes that would make them more valid. And what did you find as far as church attendance goes with different generations? We found that both beliefs and attendance decline as 
we go through older to younger generations. So one of the key beliefs that we found in younger respondents was that belief in Jesus does not require participation in a church. That's one of the things that all four generations seem to agree upon, and that's reflective of the decline in their attendance trends as well. Do you find in people that regularly attend church, is there a difference in their attitude and life outlook? Yes, and that is one of the things that will be explored in greater detail in the next report in the American Belief Study. Can you give us a little bit of maybe a sneak peek? (laughs) Sure. So what we have found is that practicing Christians vary greatly from those who have no faith involvement at all. There are lots of different attitudes that will be probably not surprising to people if you've followed any of these trends over the years, but very much in keeping with what we're seeing from other research sources as well. So practicing Christians tend to be more conservative in their views, more orthodox in their beliefs and theology about God and Jesus, and there's more of an openness in the younger generations. Although there were some interesting findings in terms of more secular humanist kinds of attitudes about God in some of the older generations even. So it's kind of hard to predict where anybody's going to be if you've got a wild card kind of statement. So one of the examples here is that God is the full realization of human potential. So that's really more of a secular humanist kind of belief, but it was more prevalent among the silent generation, so the oldest of the respondents. Have world issues and world events changed people's attendance permanently, or like 9-11, is it a temporary bump? It's a really good question, and I think time will tell as we look at this over time over the next several years. I think, though, that the trends are downward and have been since the 50s, and that hasn't seemed to change. Maybe things have stemmed ever so slightly, but across multiple denominations, attendance and membership are down. Our belief is that COVID killed congregations in a lot of cases, but did it have the opposite effect in any churches where people were scared and they decided to turn to God more? We didn't specifically study that. That would be an interesting question to ask in another study somewhere along the way. I think that people were scared. And I think that one of the things we learned in this American Belief Study is that fear of the unknown, concern about health, social, political discourse, and racial unrest, a lot of those kinds of social issues were things that were top of mind for people. So by inference, I suppose we could say that people turned more toward God if they were more concerned about those things. But I don't have specific data that would say that. Emily, tell us where to find more information about ACS and also the American Belief Study. The American Belief Study, all of the reports that have currently been released are available at AmericanBelief.com. And that is actually a link within the ACS Technologies website. So if you are going to that website, you'll be able to explore a lot more about ACS and all of the different products and services that we offer. Do you charge to view the reports? No, the reports are free to download. Cool. In terms of practical tips for the people of God, it would be helpful for us to remember that there is a very strong belief among people, regardless of whether they are currently participating in a congregation or claiming that they have no faith at all, that they believe God is love. 
and that God wants to be in a loving relationship with us. And if we can be more intentional about knowing and loving our neighbors, I think that will be a really helpful thing. The world would be a better place. (laughs) Indeed. Emily, thank you. Thanks, Deacon Mike. Our guest has been Emily Reese from ACS Technologies and the American Belief Study. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.